Hello and welcome to Super Great Kids Stories, wise tales from storytellers around the world, which will make you laugh and sometimes cry. Recommended for ages 5 to 105. I'm Kim and I love stories. Hello, Super Great Kids. How are you? Or, as they say in Russian, Privyet kak I hope you're keeping snug and warm. It's rather cold in London. If you're in Australia, then you'll be enjoying the summer and the beach and possibly longing for a bit of cooler weather. But for those of us in the northern part of the world, we are in the middle of deepest, darkest winter. And the fairy tale this week comes from snowy Russia. And the storyteller, Rachel Murray, is going to share it with us. Before we hear from Rachel, can you try to list as many fairy tales as you can while we have a quick word with the grown-ups? Hello, super great kids. I'm back. How many fairy tales did you think of? Did you remember Rumpelstiltskin? And did you remember Mama Draga from Sicily and Puss in Boots? as well as some of the more well-known ones like Jack and the Beanstalk and Little Red Riding Hood and, of course, Cinderella. This fairy tale comes from Russia and also from Slovakia, a country in Central Europe with lots of castles. And I hear there's a version of it told in Japan as well. I'm lucky enough to have visited Russia. It's often bitterly cold there in winter. And this story takes place during a Russian winter when the trees are white with frost. Now, are you sitting comfortably? Snuggle down and get ready for this magical fairy tale. Once upon a time, or as they say in Russia, Davnum Davno. Here's storyteller Rachel Murray. Once upon a time, there was a land, and in that land, the snow covered the ground for many months of the year. And in that land, there was a huge forest, thick with trees that grew so close to one another that sometimes in it, it could be dark in the middle of the day. And at the edge of that forest, there was a small cottage. In that cottage, there lived a woman and her daughter and her stepdaughter. And the woman, she loved her daughter, Helena. She thought she was wonderful. She gave her fine frocks to wear and good food to eat, and she spoilt her rotten. And rotten she was, for Helena was a mean and selfish girl. But her mother adored her. But as for her stepdaughter, Marushka, well, her mother did not like her at all. She made her wear rags. She made her work hard from sun up to sundown. She had to do the dishes. She had to cook the meals and sweep the floors and tend to the animals and fetch and carry everything. (sighs) Now, you might think that Marushka would not be a nice girl because of this, but she was lovely. 
Marushka, she was good and she was kind and she was gentle. And because she had a good, kind and gentle heart, it showed on her face and she was beautiful too. Whereas Helena, who had a cold and cruel heart, she could have been beautiful because a smile makes anybody beautiful. But she wasn't. Her mean and cold heart showed on her face too and she looked like she'd been weaned on a pickle. Well, as the two girls grew up, Helena realised that Marushka was becoming more and more beautiful. And she realised that if Marushka was going to be beautiful, then nobody would look at her when they could look at Marushka. And she decided that they must get rid of the girl. And she talked to her mother about it. And her mother thought this was a great idea because she didn't like her either. I mean, sure, she worked hard for them, but they could well do without her. So they plotted into the night. The next morning, Marushka was up. She'd already laid the fire and lit it. She'd already prepared the breakfast when her sister came into the room. And Helena said to her, Marushka, Marushka, she said, I must have daisies. I want a little posy of daisies to put in a vase on the mantelpiece. Oh, said Marushka, <laughs> and she looked out of the window, and she looked out the window onto a land that was covered in snow, for it was the depth of winter. And she said, but sister, there are no daisies growing now. Well, daisies growing or not, said Helena, I want them and you have to go and get them for me. And with that, she gathered up Marushka's shawl. She opened the door and she pushed Marushka out into the snow and threw her shawl after her. And she said, and if you don't find daisies, then don't bother coming back because the door will be locked. Marushka stood out in the snow. The wind howled through her thin shawl and her shoes leaked water. But what could she do? She set off into the forest. And she walked down paths that were familiar to her in brighter, sunnier days. Paths where there would be meadows sometimes and maybe a few daisies, but there was nothing. And she walked deeper into the forest and deeper and deeper and the trees grew close together and it was so dark that she could barely see and she sat down and she started to cry. It was hopeless. How would she ever find daisies and if she didn't find daisies she couldn't go home and then she saw a light flickering through the trees and it looked warm and inviting and well she had nowhere else to go so she pulled her shawl tight around herself and she made her way towards that light. Well, she came onto a rise, and on that rise she looked down into a clearing in the forest that she had never seen before, and a curious sight met her eyes. For there, there was a great fire burning. She could almost feel the warmth of it from where she stood. But around that fire, there were twelve stones, and on those twelve stones, there were seated twelve grey hooded figures, silently watching the fire. But Marushka was freezing, she was perishing, she was cold to the marrow, and she made her way forward, too cold to be scared of them. And she walked forward, and she walked into the circle, and she dropped a little curtsy to each one of them. She said, excuse me, she said, I'm so sorry to bother you, but please, 
May I warm myself by your fire, otherwise I will surely freeze to death. Now, sitting on one of the stones, it was bigger than all the rest, was a man. And this man had long white hair that fell over his shoulders and a long white beard, and his eyes looked like grey icicles. But they twinkled kindly at the girl. And he said, come closer, child. Warm yourself. And Marushka, she said thank you, and she made her way forward. She rubbed her hands together and she held them out, and she felt that heat oozing into her body. And, oh, it was wonderful. And the old man spoke to her. He said, Child, what brings you into the forest on a day like this? Oh, <laughs> oh, said Marushka, my sister, Helena, she wants a posy of daisies. And the man looked at her and he said, but daisies do not grow at this time of the year. And she said, I know, and I tried to tell her, but she said that if I don't take her daisies, then I can't go home. The door will be locked. And I don't know what to do. Ah, said the old man, and again his eyes twinkled. He said, maybe, maybe we can help you. And he stood up and he walked around the circle and he said, April, let us change places. And the grey hooded figure stood up and she pushed back her hood and there was a beautiful young woman with golden hair and blue eyes. And she went and she sat on that larger stone and she picked up a staff that was sitting there and she banged it on the ground. Flames from the fire leapt to the sky and all around in the clearing suddenly the snow started to melt. And there was green grass, and in amongst the green grass, nodding their beautiful little heads, were daisies. Gather as many as you need, said April. Barushka couldn't believe her eyes. Thank you, she said, thank you. And she went and she leant and she delicately plucked the daisies out of the grass, and she gathered a beautiful little posy. Thank you, she said. And she dropped a curtsy to each one in turn again, and then... She started to make her way home and she went to the edge of the clearing. She turned back and as she did so, she saw that April and the old man had changed places and once again snow covered that clearing. But now she had to get back for night was starting to fall and the forest is no place to be on your own in the dark. She heard a wolf howl somewhere close by. And she ran following the tracks she'd made in the snow previously, and she made her way all the way home. How delighted would her sister be? Well, she went running up the path and she threw open the door, and there was Helena. Oh, and you would think that she would be pleased to see her, but when she saw her, she said, What are you doing here? Marushka said, I have some daisies for you. And she held them out. Helena snatched the daisies from her hand. She couldn't believe her eyes. The girl wasn't meant to find any daisies. She was just meant to go away and never come back. She took them and she dropped them on the floor and she stamped on them. Oh, Marushka couldn't understand it, but she was cold and she was tired. And she went to bed. Helena and her mother plotted some more. And the next morning when Marushka was up and she'd set the fire and she'd got everything ready, Helena said to her, she said, Sister, she said, I have a yearning for some strawberries. Well, Marushka looked out the window and there was the snow on the ground. She said, but sis, the strawberries, strawberries do not grow in the winter. Go out and find me strawberries. And if you don't, then don't bother coming back because the door will be locked.
And with that, she pushed her out of the door. Oh, and off went Marushka. Now, how was she ever going to find strawberries? She went to the places where sometimes you'd be able to find little alpine strawberries, little tiny wild ones in little rocks and crevices that were protected from the weather, but there was nothing. There was absolutely nothing as she made her way deeper into the forest again until she saw that light and she knew what she had to do. She made her way through the trees and she came to the clearing and there in the clearing was the fire and round the fire were the twelve seated figures and she came forward and she dropped a curtsy to each one and she said, can I warm myself by your fire? Again, said the old man, come child, come warm yourself. And Marushka, she went forward, she held out her hands and the old man, he looked at her kindly, he said, tell me, child, why, why, why are you in the forest? She said, my sister wants strawberries. Strawberries, said the man. Strawberries do not grow in the winter. I know, said Marushka, but my sister wants them and if I don't get any, I can't go home. Well, said the old man, maybe. We can help you. And he stood up and he walked halfway round the circle and he said, June, he said, take my place. And June, she stood up and she pushed back her hood and there was a beautiful woman with fine copper hair and eyes that shone like sunshine. And she went and she sat on that bigger stone. She picked up the staff, she banged it on the ground and the flames from the fire leapt at the sky and suddenly the snow started to melt. And there around the clearing were bright, red strawberries. <gasps> Marushka could hardly believe her eyes. Pick them, they said. Pick, quick, quick, quick. She pulled up her apron. She went and she gathered strawberries, piling her apron high with them. And thank you, she said. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And when she gathered them, they said, go home, child. Go home. She made her way up to the top of the rise. She looked back and she saw that June and the old man had changed places. And once again, snow covered the clearing. And she followed her tracks and she made her way home. How delighted her sister would be for these strawberries. Do you think that her sister was delighted? No! When she opened the door, Helena could not believe it. She was furious. And when she saw the strawberries, she almost forgot her anger because those strawberries looked amazing. And Helena and her mother ate every single one. They didn't even give one strawberry to Marushka. They sent her to bed and they plotted again. And the next morning up she got, she went downstairs and her sister said, Oh, sister, I have a craving for apples. Oh, well, Marushka knew there was no point in arguing. She grabbed her threadbare shawl and put it around her shoulders and out she went into the snow and she trudged down through the path and the forest. She went deeper and deeper where the trees grew so close together it was almost dark in the middle of the day and then she saw that light. She made her way towards it and there was the clearing and there were the figures and there was the fire and she made her way forward. She said, I'm so sorry. They said, really? Again? She said, again, I'm so sorry. But my sister wants apples. Maybe we can help you. And the old man stood up and he said, October, take my place. And the two swapped places. And October raised the staff and brought it down upon the ground. The flames leapt and around the clearing, the snow went back and trees bent in 
groaning under the weight of beautiful green and red apples. Pick, they said, pick, but be quick. So Marushka, she held out her apron and she filled it with apples and thanking them and thanking them and not really wanting to go home because these people were friendly. And there was not much friendship at home, but home she must go. And she took the apple, she said thank you, and away she went. She followed her footsteps. She got back to the cottage. Do you think her sister was pleased to see her? No! She was furious, and now she looked at those apples, and they were beautiful apples. Oh, and they were crisp apples. Oh, and they were juicy apples. Oh, where have you been getting these things from? From the forest, said Marushka. I don't believe you, said the girl. I don't believe you. I think you've been stealing them from somewhere. I will go out and find out for myself. And she put on a fine fur coat and beautiful fur-lined boots, and out she stepped into the snow. But don't go, said Marushka. You'll never find the place. But that made Helena all the more determined. And she called her mother. She said, Mother, come with me. The mother, she bustled herself out and wrapped herself up warm. And the two of them, off they went into the forest. And they walked and walked and walked. And they weren't used to walking. And their feet hurt and their back hurt. And they were tired and they complained and they moaned. But then they saw a light. And they made their way towards it. And there was a circle. And there was a fire. And there were twelve people. What twelve foolish people were sitting out in the weather like this? Helena and her mother, they walked forward, they pushed their way into the circle and started to warm themselves by the fire without so much as a by your leave. The old man looked at them with cold eyes. He said, who are you and what do you want? Helena looked at him and said, what business is it of yours, old man? We are just warming ourselves by your fire. And the old man suddenly knew who they were. And he brought down his staff upon the ground and snowflakes started to fall from the sky. And snow started to fall faster and thicker. And Helena and her mother looked at the weather and knew that they had to get back to the cottage. They turned and they started to make their way back across the clearing and the snow fell so heavy they could barely see their hand in front of their face. The snow whipped around them till they couldn't see one another. And they couldn't see their tracks. Back at the cottage, Marushka waited. She built up the fire. She made sure it was warm and toasty and welcoming. And she looked out the window, waiting for her stepmother and her stepsister to come back. But she waited. And night fell. And the snow lay thick on the ground, so thick that she couldn't get out for one whole week. And when she did, there were no tracks and there was no sight of her stepmother or her stepsister. And Marushka found that she quite liked living on her own. <laughs> she had the birds for company. And in the April, when the snow melted, beautiful daisies bloomed by the door and she put them in a posy on the mantelpiece. And in June, she ate beautiful fresh strawberries. And as the seasons turned and the apples ripened, the cider press came around. And with it came a young man. And the young man, he helped Marushka to squash the apples for the apple juice and the cider. And when the cider press carried on, he stayed there with her. And they were married and had lots of children. And they told them lots of stories. And the most important story they told them was that every month and every season, 
has a very special gift to give. Thank you very much, Rachel, for sharing that beautiful story. I wonder what the month of January's special gift is. Maybe it gives us snowballs, or frosty beautiful trees, or snowdrops, or maybe the gift is ice cream. Do you know, in Russia, people really enjoy ice cream as a winter treat. Brrr. Now to dig deep into my bag of happies to say some thank yous to new owlets who've recently subscribed and to super great artists. Hello to new owlet Shelby, who is six from Missouri in the US. Shelby loves listening to super great kids' stories. And hello to Stetson, who is five from Huntsville in Alabama in the US. Stetson drew a magnificent picture of Baba Yaga the Russian witch and her hut on chicken legs. I love the red eyes glowing on the fence of skulls that she's got around her yard and the black geese on the roof who are guarding her hut. Great writing too, Stetson. Thanks very much for sharing this. And hello to sisters Lucia, who is nine, and Addison, who is eight, from Fairbanks in Alaska in the US. They listen every day on their way to school. And they've all learned how to say the fairy whiskey and tobacco voice from the Irish story about the changeling eggshell soup. Do you remember that? I want whiskey. I want tobacco. And a big hello to Sabine, who is six and lives in Switzerland. Sabine loves listening to the stories with all her family, including her grandmother, who is 81. Ah, oh, just lovely. Sabine has drawn two pictures, one a Nancy story and the other a scary, not scary story, long red fingernails and ruby red lips. Thank you, Sabine. And hello to Owlet and Apple subscriber David, who is four from Studio City in California. David listens to super great kids stories every morning on the way to school. He and his mum have listened to all of the stories. Hurrah! Just think how many words you've learned already, David. And a super great hoot hoo, 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 to super fans and long-term Owlets Rex, who is five, and Wolf, who is three, who also love listening to super great stories in the car. And hello to super great fan August, who is four, from Seattle in Washington in the US. Thank you, August, for supporting our show. Now, there are lots of you flopping into our nest at the moment, so if your name wasn't there, do let us know and we'll do our best to say hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo and thanks to you. Oh, and thanks also to Lillian for your gift on Kofi and thanks for your kind reviews on Apple to Foxy in Canada and Saima and Iman in Australia. Your reviews put a spring in our step on a cold January morning. Now, lots of you super great artists have been sending in inspiring pictures of our stories. We just love seeing them. And I'd like to say thanks to some of you. Thanks to Oliver, who is five and loves listening to super great scary stories. Oliver has drawn a particularly scary story of Baba Yaga, the Russian witch who eats children for breakfast. How scary is that? 
Thanks, Oliver. And thanks to seven-year-old Gavin from Naperville in Illinois, Gavin has drawn a magnificent picture of a drooling savage dog chasing a monkey, inspired by the Haitian story, The Monkey Who Liked Trouble. Thank you, Gavin. You've really captured the story well. And five-year-old David, who sent a sad-looking drawing of the willow tree who keeps weeping from the story Why Evergreen Trees Keep Their Leaves in Winter. It's a good story, isn't it, David? And a great picture to go with it. Thank you. And thanks to Francesca, who is nine, and Veronica, who is five, from Michigan in the US, who've sent in bright and animated pictures of the Welsh Two Dragons story and the Irish story Molly and the Leprechaun. Just brilliant. Thank you. And a super great hello to Phineas, who is eight, and sister Cece, who is six, from Ontario in Canada. Phineas sent a detailed picture of the ghost of the bloody finger, and Cece drew one of the two dragon story. Thank you. And finally, Hannah, who is four from Massachusetts in the US, has sent us a bright and clear picture of the Korean story, The Boy Who Used His Head. I love the picture of the boy with the persimmon tree growing straight out of his head. Wasn't that a strange thing to happen? I wonder how you'd feel if you woke in the morning with a tree growing out of your head. Thanks for sharing this, Hannah. It's a super great picture. Keep up the drawing. If you want to see those pictures, go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash supergreatkidsstories. Oh, and a Happy New Year to those of you who are celebrating the Lunar New Year. See you next week. This story was recorded at Wardour Studios in London. Mm -hmm.